Well, we're in our fifth week of our trust series. We launched this, obviously, five weeks ago, and we looked at what trust is, how this whole trust thing works, because we understand that by trusting God, we really live. That's where the life that is really life is lived, is when we trust God. Any area we're not trusting God in is an area we are robbing ourselves from. God wants us to live a life and live it to the fullest. And anytime we're not trusting God in an area and walking in obedience, which that sounds like this oppressive thing, you will obey me. No, it's the fact that he says this is the smart thing to do. And we go, wow, God, you love me and you're smarter than I am. So I'm going to do it your way. It's not this big squish us down into obedience to control us. It's pointing us in the direction of life. That's what God has been doing all along. And we've been hinged on Deuteronomy 30:19 that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose the life. Choose the life. And that's what we've been looking at in all these areas. Life for our family, life in our finances, looking at life in our, in our health, <clears throat> life in our futures where we're not bogged down with concern. If you've missed one of these weeks, you can just get it on the web. Go ahead and bust open your bulletin. You should have received one of those when you came in. Your program, your notes, your, your fill-in-the-blank, whatever you want to call it. And we've been cruising and been launching every week with this little phrase. Okay, And it says, our mission, because you look on everything that's on the website, anything we produce, it's, it's, this is who Celebration Church is. Our assignment is to help people to know God better and to trust Him more. See, trust or faith, it is the central ingredient to living the new life that we have in Christ. Now, part of that, remember, we're, we're hinged on this knowing God part. Because as we know God better, we begin to trust Him more, right? There's this certain attraction that we have to God. The Holy Spirit is drawing us in. Just like when I first met my wife, there was this an initial attraction to her. I did not know anything about her, but there was this attraction to her. So then I began to you know, pursue a relationship and we had have a relationship. But then as I began to know her more and begin to know about her, within my, my trust level, my relationship began to grow. We all have this thing of being attracted to God. But where we really begin to grow in faith or trust in Him is when we begin to know Him. And one of the best places for us to get to know Him is the same place you and I get to know each other. Hello, my name is... I'm Brandon Clark. She was Krista DeLynn. And we began to know each other. So this week, we're going to look at and we're going to key off on one of the names that God introduced itself to us as now every week we've could have been keying off of one of these but i, I save this to the very end psalms nine ten says those who know your name the psalmist david is writing this is those who know your name will trust in you for you lord have never forsaken those who seek you god never forsakes those who seek him. That's why it's not pointless to show up. That's why it's not pointless to pray. That's why it's not pointless to read our Bible and to pursue after God, as long as that's the reason. If we're trying to please him to do all of that, then you can run into some pointlessness. But if we're trying to pursue him instead of just please him, instead of just checking him off, man, it changes absolutely 
everything. Now, so much can be in a name. And uh, my, my wife, you'll never hear me call her Krista. If I introduce her to somebody, I'll say Krista. But other than that, in just regular everyday talk, you, you won't hear me say that. I will call her what I have called her for forever, and, uh, which is cutie. I've just called her that forever. But, see, the, the, the truth is very few people know this, that she's not the original cutie. I'm the original cutie. Most people don't know this. You don't look at me and go, wow, that guy was once a cutie. It's just not one of those things that's on the surface. But, actually, I was only, she only called me cutie once. And I was, we, had, <clears throat> we had just met way back when. She had uh, just recently come to Christ and had uh, drove in from Odessa to attend a Bible study that we were having on campus at ASU. And I was living in the men's high-rise, and I come down the elevator, and uh, there was just something about that blonde girl. That's all I could remember. I just kept telling Brandon, my best bud, I said, I just missed that blonde girl. I couldn't even remember her name. And, uh, and so, anyway, so, we, so we, uh, I come down, the elevator doors open. There should have been, like, this orchestra off to the side, like, playing this awesome music. It was just fantastic. The, the doors open, and there she is, just beaming, looking at me. And uh, now all of a sudden, I, that's how I became six foot two. I used to be a short little guy, and I just grew. And uh, anyways, and so on, she says, at that point, she goes, hey, you little cutie. And then at that point, it just, her calling me that, somehow it just reciprocated. And I just called her cutie from there on. That became her name for me. And so when she knows that when somebody, when, when that name is said, that if, man, if I, if I use the K word, that's a bad word in our house if it comes out of my mouth. She thinks she's in trouble if I say Krista. And so it is, it is cutie. And that is because in my life, that is who she is. I call on her by that special name. It has all of this meaning and heritage and relationship and history between each other. That name is full and rich. She has been my cutie. She will continue to be my cutie. God has given us names for us to call him that aren't just the regular standard name of, of God. This is all of a sudden begins to define his role. I have them laid out there in your bulletin. It should have been. I didn't check make sure it got there. But we, the first one we see we could have used last week, which was Jehovah Jireh. And you're like, okay, well, this, these are funny sounding words. Well, that's because it's a foreign language. This is Hebrew, okay? This is in English. So he's like, I don't, this sounds funny. What's because we're speaking another language for a little minute here. It says Jehovah Jireh, which is our God who is a provider. That is what he called himself to us. So therefore, we can go to him and for, to be our provider, like we talked about last week, because he's already called himself that to us. It's not a name we made up. He says, hey, why don't you call me this? Then we also see <coughs> Jehovah Sitkanu, that he is our God, our righteousness, that's why it's by faith that we get our righteousness from God because he gives it to us. He says, hey, you need this? I'm that for you. Then we see Jehovah Nisi, our banner or God, our victory. If you're going through something, we can call on not just God. We can call on Jehovah Nisi. I need victory here and now. And that is what you said you are for me. And we begin to call him that in our lives. He told us to do that. 
things are all out of kilter and you need peace in your home. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah Shama, who is present or with us. We don't have to live in a place of loneliness. He is ever present and ever with us and we can call on him. He is Jehovah Makadesh, which is God who sanctifies. He is Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, or the one who gives us the guidance and the direction we need. Now, these are not names that we made up. These are names when God is speaking prophetically through his prophets. He says, you call me this. This is my name for you. And he lays these out. When the last one we're going to hit and we're going to focus on today because we're looking at our health is he is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. Now, it is interesting that he didn't call himself Jehovah Health. He is our healer. Okay? Folks, I hate it that we live in a fallen world and that sometimes we need a healer. I hate it that we do. But you know what? The fact that the enemy attacks... Isn't it good to know that when sickness comes on, that we have a God who is a healer for us to take us out of our broken and sick state and put us in a health and whole state? That is awesome to know. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. Now, see, God has been a life giver from the very beginning and wants to continue to be that for us. He's been a life giver. That's how this whole thing started. See, we look there in Genesis 2, 7. It says, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. God's the first one to do CPR. You just see God. Now he, just, he, just, he breathed in to Adam into that clay he made. And the man became a living being. God is our life giver. Now where we get this God our healer is here out of Exodus 15:26. And we're going to look at it. We've got it in your bulletin a few different ways just so we make sure we we get it, okay? Cuz again, this is all written in Hebrew. All your Bibles translated. It did not get handed down from heaven in English. Okay? This is translated. So we're going to look at this, okay? And so and said and he said, "If you listen carefully to the voice voice of the Lord, you your God, and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, or your healer. When you go back to the original text, okay, there's actually, there are two words there, and it is redundant. He says, I am the Lord. Okay, now this is cool because he's called... One of his names is just, I am. Another one of the names, there's something funny happening. We got like reverb running on me or something. Playing some effects. It's funny. Can we make me sound like T-Pain? I'm joking. He'll do it. Um, But we look at the original there and it says and it says that I am the Lord who heals you. We have three names of God all right here in a row, making this one big compound name. He is the I am. That's how he introduces himself to Moses. I am. That's a name of God all by himself. When you say, Well, that's kind of funny, I am. Well, it's because I love that God lets us, you know, fill in the blank. And he starts to fill them in for us, and that's where we get all these Jehovah stuffs. 
okay? Because I am whatever we need. He is that for us. Then we have the Lord. The Lord is the name of God all by itself. So we have the I am, the Lord, and then we have who heals you or healer. When we get to that part back in the original Hebrew, it's actually, it's because that Hebrew word for healer is Rapha. But in this particular verse, it says Rapha, Rapha. It's written twice. I am the Lord who heals, heals. I love it when God gets redundant because God didn't have a stutter. It didn't come out, you know, that all of a sudden he, he, he hit it. So they, didn't act, they weren't typing it and, and all of a sudden do it twice like I do. No, it was very much on purpose to let us know that he is our healer. I tell you what, so many times when you and I, when we have this whole thing that we looked at before, of I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, one of the things you and I struggle with, we struggle a lot with these other areas. We struggle a lot with worrying about our future, and that's why we talked about it, and our family, and about money. But I tell you what, when the rubber meets the road, a lot of times this one right here, on God actually healing on, is a tough one. And the reason is, is because we see the other, we remember week one, we talked about living in a fallen world. Well, we will see both things at the same time. And you're like, well, God, if you heal, how come this person who I know loves you didn't get healed? Or why did this thing happen? And we get, begin to have these struggles where instead of just taking God at his word of what he says. And that's why in understanding this, it is pivotal. That's why we started with this trust series week one of understanding where we are while we are breathing oxygen, okay? That we are here where we're, both is available. There's life and death. There's blessing and there's cursing. And folks, we have to choose, okay? We have to begin and place our faith and our trust in God as our healer. See, we're going to look at a number of different translations here. The New English Bible says, I am the Lord, your healer. Then the next one says, for I, I the Lord, am thy Physician, I, the Lord, am your life giver. I am Yahweh, thy physician. I, Jehovah, am healing thee. For I, the Lord, make you immune to them, diseases. I, the, <clears throat> the Lord, will bring thee only health. Now, these are all of these different people's translations of what the original, the original Hebrew said. But when we look at all of it, guess what? There's no, you can't dice it any other way than the fact that God is our healer. We can trust him in this area. See, Psalms 103.2 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. And man, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. And that's one of the benefit, man, that we, that we keep in front of our faces all the time. And it is wonderful, and we should. But guess what? There's another one that says, And who heals all your diseases? Psalms 107, 19 through 20 says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them and rescued them from the grave. Now, so far, we've just been looking at what the Old Testament has to say about God being our healer. All right, now we're about to look at the ministry of Jesus. Jesus' ministry was marked by him being a healer to all that came to him. It was marked, it was distinctive about Jesus being a healer. 
And that's just something that in these things in our lives it become these, these massive defining moments. Now, in the Clark family, we had a, 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 a big miracle that took place a number of years ago when my dad all of a sudden had this, this really mean uh, infection in his heart. The survival rate was just incredibly nil. And we began to, to, just, to just pray, and it was an incredibly serious deal. Well, God brought him through. Well, we just celebrated my dad's 60th birthday. And so for, for that, all the cousins were there, and, and uh, they all got together. So the, we did something a little bit special. So we did this, this uh, took music, and we acted out scenes from my, dad's, from my dad's life, these big marked moments in my dad's life and so we had Carson coming out and he was uh, lip syncing to this Eddie Arnold song where because my dad was called the singing cowboy and uh, because he'd just sing all the time and so we marched through his life and we got him into acted out the big sticker fight where my dad like velcroed his brother's head to his shoulder with sticker burst and uh, so these are awesome awesome moments and, of course, as we tracked forward, got, had, had my mom and dad's first date where he uh, was being cool and spits, but spits into the wind, and it flies and hits his sock. Yeah, cool moments. And uh, so great moments. So a lot of it's just funny and cute. But then we get to this point, and, of course, all of these are marked with, with songs, and the kids are miming this out. And then we pull in the, the song by Carrie Job that uh, you're my healer. And, uh, man, I tell you what, the, this, the mood just kind of shifted in our backyard as this was going on. And Keenan's acting out, you know, being, being his grandfather. And, you know, everybody's praying. And, you know, God raises him up. And that was one of those marked things of him sitting there being on the brink of death and things being turned around. And we had to mark it with the next one with the big victory afterwards because the doctor said that my, my dad's life would be really diminished. Well, last November, we went on an adventure race out in uh, Rock Springs, and my dad was mountain biking and kayaking and doing all this stuff they said he would never do. And we had to throw that into the, into the little mix, and even my dad running into a tree while he was on the bike. And, and so we ended it on a funny note, and it was, it was really heavy on that other deal. But it was marked. His life is marked by that healing thing and, and God's intervention in our lives through, through God bringing health to our flesh is something that Jesus' ministry was marked by. Now, we're just going to travel through right quick through Matthew. I chose only Matthew so that nobody could say that I'm blowing this out of proportion by grabbing every little place out of every gospel and, and we're hitting the same thing twice by looking at it in Matthew and Luke. No, we are cruising only through Matthew. Okay, we're looking just at Matthew's account. All right? So let's start here. Matthew 4, 24. It says, News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Matthew eight sixteen it says, and, and when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. Matthew eleven three through 5. Now this is, we, we see this thing where Jesus shows us that his, him being a healer, defines who he is as messiah okay here he is he says what the healings he did marks who he is he uses it to define who he is because john all of a sudden john who had the the vision from god that jesus was it later on begins to doubt 
if Jesus is it. He's in prison and he's having some doubt and he sends some of his own disciples to talk to Jesus. And here's the account. It says, and when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Are you really the Messiah? And this is how Jesus replies. Go back and report to John what you see and hear. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Right there he says, tell him what you've seen. And let him make the decision for himself. Am I the one? It is marked by, the, by Jesus being a healer. Matthew twelve fifteen says, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place and many followed him and he healed all their sick. Now, people always get in this thing of whether or not it's Jesus' will to heal, okay? I love this scripture right here because this shows us how willing Jesus is to heal, okay? Because in this passage, Jesus is trying to take a break, okay? He was still a man in the flesh, and he, multiple times, he would try to pull off into a solitary place. He's pouring into his disciples, training them. He knows he's going to die and go off to heaven, and these are the guys who are going to be carrying on his work. And he's trying to train them. He goes off to this secret place and he's trying to, trying to pull away, okay? He's not wanting to spend time with the multitude at this time. That's what he's not wanting to do right at that moment, okay? We're looking at his will, okay? He's not wanting to teach the multitude at that time. He's wanting to get off by himself, okay? He's not wanting to give them bread and, and fish and all of that at that moment right there. He's not. But they come to him, and where does he immediately begin to move? He heals their sick. He heals their sick. He's trying to have a quiet moment. The people come to him, the sick come to him, and he doesn't say, you know what? Come back on another day, and I'll heal you another day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having this moment with my disciples. Uh-uh. His will is to heal. He is a healer. Matthew 14, 36, it says, And he begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Over and over and over through Jesus' ministry. We don't see him make anybody sick, folks. We don't see him say, Wow, you know, you really don't get it, rich young ruler. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some sickness so you can learn how to not be so wrapped up in your stuff. He doesn't do it. We don't see him make anybody sick to teach him something. We don't. And so, folks, I'm sorry. There are a lot of sweet people who, who feel like and, they, and they try, they're trying to find the good and say, well, I'm sick, so what's God trying to teach me? Guess what? God's always trying to teach us something, but he doesn't make us sick to teach us something. Amen. He doesn't. He doesn't. Okay? We have to have this down. He is a healer. That is what he does. Okay? Healing is part of the sacrifice that he made through his death, burial, and resurrection. He was purchasing for us health. It was adding it to our covenant. Okay? That's why he's not handing out sickness now. Okay? Because he wasn't buying that back with his, with his sacrifice. He wasn't getting that for us. That's part of the curse dimension. He's helping us step into the life dimension. Said uh, Third John 1, 2. Wait a minute. Where am I? Back up here. 
uh, Romans 8, 11, it says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. It'll give life to this stuff right here that's going to die, but it'll give a life through His Spirit who lives in you. The same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Other other scriptures say by his stripes, the, the lashes on his back, you have been healed. He bled for us to be healed. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know what the hope to which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus' body was dead. And and that same power brought life to Jesus' dead body and raised him from the grave. And that same spirit, that same power is available to us. And Paul there in Ephesians is saying, please get a hold of this. See, trusting God for health and healing was also part of the early church ministry. Because see now, folks, I'm, I'm taking you on a little bit of a theological journey here. I didn't want to tell you that up front because you think that's boring, okay? But the way you establish, okay, doctrine is you want to see it displayed in the Old Testament, the God working that way. You want to see it in the ministry of Jesus. You want to see it in the teachings of the of the. Uh, apostles and you want to see it operating in the early church there's four places you want to look at that and you see it all of those and you can say okay uh, we can we can hang on to this okay we have been doing that we have been walking all the way through to make sure we've covered all of these bases and here we are with it operating in the early church see third john one two says dear friend i pray that you would enjoy good health And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along. Health is something that ought to be operating in our lives. James, right here, says, in chapter 5, says, is anyone sick? Again, it, it, it happens. People get sick. That's why we need a healer. Is anyone sick? He should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the person well and the Lord will raise him up if he has sinned he will be forgiven now see I love it that that's added in there because you know what it's not saying that oh, oh you sinned and you have this sickness and now you're not going to get healed no it says he's going to get healed and then if he sinned he's going to be forgiven that's on the back side of the healing part. Come on, folks. We don't have to feel like, oh, I can't ask God to heal me. I'm, I was naughty this week. Give me a break. He's your healer. He cares about your sniffles. He cares about cancer. And he cares about everything in between. 
Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. This is something that ought to be happening. It ought, ought to be asking Nat for prayer for healing. It ought to be asking Truett for prayer for healing. It ought to be asking this, that it's operating in the early church. It's operating in today's church. This is something that God is a healer. He loves us. It's laid out as who he was in the Old Testament. So it's who Jesus' ministry was marked by. It's something that the, the uh, apostles lived and taught. This is something that we need to learn to trust God in this area. And not be duped because we see sickness and disease winning out all the time. To think that there is no hope. Guess what? In that cursed realm, sickness and disease does win. But guess what? In the blessed realm, the life of Christ wins there. And we can choose it. We can choose it. So as we grow in knowing all that God provides for us in Jesus, then we can choose to simply trust him to be our source for health and wholeness. Here in our, in our lives, in our children's lives, we can call on him. I tell you what, when I was going through this trust series... I just immediately began to look and look at all of this, the prayer requests we get. You know what? So I, we covered these areas. I get prayer requests about people being concerned about their future. I get prayer requests about family. I get prayer requests about finances. I get prayer requests about healing. And you know what? And I love it because every once in a while, y'all do like my wife encouraged you. <laughs> and... Uh, um, and give us a good report. I got an email this week of somebody who had concerned about a relapse of cancer, and we immediately went to prayer, went, and the doctor said, you're good. Isn't that awesome? That ain't there. That ain't there. I love it. We can trust God in these areas. But see, folks, where it all begins... For us to trust God with it and not forget all of his benefits, we have to remember that first benefit we get who forgives all of our sins, who brings us into relationship with him. So we want to make sure everybody here has that opportunity. So if everybody would please bow your heads. We're going to 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 bow your heads.